Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. Good morning. How are you guys? Yeah, you doing good? Um, yeah, I think sometimes we get, um, you know, like Zach was saying, we, we see people uh, around us and sometimes if we're not careful, we forget that we're not blessed at other people's expense. And that no one else is blessed at our expense. You didn't get because I didn't. And, and I did not not receive because you did. That, that every blessing we have comes through his expense. That he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when you see someone around you blessed, you can, you can rejoice with them as they're rejoicing. And, and, it, and, and when we say, like, you know, what he did for one, he'll do for the other. It doesn't mean, like, well, if I see God do this exact thing, I can believe he's going to do that exact same thing for me. But it's a revelation of his na- nature and character. And so if, if he is a God who provides for someone, then I can rejoice in knowing that he's the God who will provide for me. And it may look different, but it's the same character, the same nature, the same revelation of the Father. Um, yeah, and so anyways, uh, if you have your Bibles, open them up um, to John chapter 12, and we're going we're gonna to talk out of a portion of that. We've been talking for a while about just spiritual giftings, which led into talking about prophecy, which led into the, the idea of, of hearing from God. And we've really been talking about hearing the voice of God for a while, and we're going to keep talking about it for a while, because before you can actually prophesy, before you can actually speak the Word of God to somebody, you have to be able to believe and understand that you can actually hear His voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, know my voice. In other words, there's a voice that you can hear that's not His. If you know Him, you hear His voice, you know His voice. He said, the voice of a stranger, they just won't follow. Meaning what? There's a stranger's voice out there talking. That's not just his voice that's speaking in the world. There's a lot of voices. And so we have a message about that a few weeks ago, about just the four different voices that really try to speak. And, um, but in talking about God speaking, um, one of the things you hear oftentimes when you talk to people about God speaking is, you, anyone ever had someone tell them this? Well, if God speaks, how come I don't hear him? Anyone ever heard someone say that? Yeah. I think most of us have. It's a really common thing for people to say, well, if God speaks, or, or, or you'll, you'll hear God say something to you. And we're going to talk about just the different ways and all that stuff uh, probably in two weeks. Um, but you could be in the room with somebody and hear God speak, and then when you tell them something that you heard Him say to you, however He spoke it to you, the, the, the question can come of, well, if that's the case, then why didn't I hear it? Um, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and then we're going to talk about if I have heard him, how do I know it's him? Because that's a big question a lot of people have. You know, I think sometimes we're more afraid of the enemy's ability to deceive us than we are trusting in his ability to keep us. And if we're not careful, we'll be, we, we will give way more credit and way more uh, 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 of our faith, actually, we'll put our faith in the enemy's ability to lead us astray than in the Father's ability to lead us where he wants us to be. Jesus said, the ones whom you've given to me are in my hand, and no one can take them from my hand. That should be a comforting thing for those who are in Christ. And so, um, so in, in John chapter 12, verse 27, Jesus is talking about uh, when he's going to go to the cross. And he says, um, now my soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So the proud of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying an angel has spoken to him. 
God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive today, God, that it's not just stale words on a page that we read, but it's actually alive, that, it, that it's life to us, God. I thank you that as we, as we read and speak from your word, Holy Spirit, that you open our ears to hear and our minds to understand, our hearts to receive the seed of your word, that it would go forth into our hearts, God, that your word would go in our hearts and produce fruit in our lives, God, that a world that does not know you would taste the fruit of our lives, God, by your spirit in us, and know that you're good. And I thank you for that. I thank you, God, that we look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday. And God, that tomorrow we're going to look more like him than we do today. As you change us from glory to glory into the image of your Son. And we thank you. We give you praise for that day in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so, so Jesus is talking and, and he says, so what am I going to say? You know, he says, the hours come. In other words, the thing that I was put here on this earth to do, the thing that I was, I was placed here for, the thing I came for, the time is now for me to do this thing. And what am I going to say? Am I going to say, God, don't take this away from me? Because he knows it's not going to be fun. Like, there's times in your life where God calls you to something that's not fun. But you can always find the joy. And it says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured death, even death upon a cross. So even though it doesn't look like, yay, party time, fun, there's always a joy in knowing that my obedience to him is going to bring forth fruit, even if I can't see it in the moment. And so Jesus is saying, basically, what am I going to say? Am I going to say, take this from me? No chance. He says, but Father, glorify your name. What's he saying? I didn't come here for me. I came here to bring glory to the Father. I'm not going to ask Him to take this thing away from me that I'm called to do just because it looks like it's going to be hard. Father, let my life bring You glory. Glorify Your name, not my will. Later on in the garden, He would bow His knee to the Father. And and Jesus, so human, He had a will just like you and I, would look to the heavens and say to the Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not... My will, your will be done. I promise you if Jesus had to surrender His will to the Father, every one of us do too. I promise you. You have a will and it needs to be surrendered to His. That's a long tangent. Um, so so God's, God answers. Imagine that, that. There's this actual conversation where it's not just Jesus prays and then goes back to life and and ignores the fact that he actually spoke to the Father. I think sometimes so many of us act, you know, don't hear the Father. We say, well, I don't hear God speak to me. But a lot of times we're not really listening. If we're honest about our prayer life, if we're honest about what prayer looks like for us or communion with God looks like, a lot of times it's a bunch of requests then turn back and go back to my day. And then later at the end of the day say, God didn't even answer me or I don't hear God speak. How do you know? Jesus would always say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What was he? he wasn't saying everyone that has ears will hear. He's saying, if you want to and you actually listen, you'll hear today what I'm saying. It, it, there's a difference between hearing and listening. My wife accuses me sometimes of not listening. None of you guys' wives do, but maybe some of the podcasters can relate with that. There's a difference between simply hearing someone and actually listening. You can sit with someone and hear every word they're saying and not even be listening. And so, God speaks from heaven. And so the problem here isn't that God isn't speaking. The problem here is that the people hearing don't discern what's actually happening. 
That's why you can have three people in a room and God can do something. And one person has no idea God did anything. One person has a suspicion that something happened and the other one's going, this is what God said. Because here it says, and the crowd, that means the majority of people said it was thunder. It's God speaking. But the crowd, the majority of them go, oh, it's just thunder. Not His voice sounded like thunder. They legitimately thought it was thunder. And then it says, and, and some others, so not the crowd, not the majority of them, but, but some others understood that, no, wait, some, something spoke. But they don't know that it's the Father, so they assume, well, it must be an angel. And so, some others say, well, no, an angel spoke. But Jesus, listening to hear the Father's voice, Jesus, the one who said, these words that I speak are not my own, but I speak the words the Father gives me. They only do what I see the Father doing. Jesus, whose life was led with his eyes on the Father, listening for the Father, watching for the Father, looking to see what God's doing. Jesus hears the voice of the Father. And not only does he hear it, but he actually understands why the Father spoke. Because then he says to the people, he says, he didn't say these things for my sake, he said them for yours. So I want to just look at the three different responses a little bit and just talk a little bit from them. Because I think that these stories that are in here, uh, the details, that they're, they're not just to make the Bible that much longer. So you have the first group. This is the group who thought it was thunder. This is the group who has no grid for the fact that God speaks. They have no, they, in fact, if you talk to these people, they would probably say he doesn't speak, or if he does speak, maybe he only speaks through the Torah, through the written word that we have. But they have no grid for God speaking. So when a voice comes from heaven, it can't be God, so it must be something else. And the only thing that makes sense is sound from heaven. What sound comes from heaven? Thunder. The only grid they have. There's no discernment, there's no possibility that it's even a voice. They don't even hear what is being said. These are the same people that would later, if you, if, if you told them that, that God spoke, if you were there and you said you heard God spoke, that would say, well, if God spoke, how come I didn't hear it? No, you heard it, but you didn't hear. You heard the sound, but you weren't actually listening for the voice. Because everyone that was there, most of the crowd, all thought, it's just thunder. There's no grid for the fact that it might be the Father speaking. It's, this is one of the dangers of teaching and believing that God doesn't speak. Is because if God doesn't speak, then anything I hear can't be God. If God doesn't speak, then everything that I hear must be, except for what's written in the Word. If that's the only way that God speaks, then anything that I hear... Jesus said the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. What is He saying? He's saying that the stranger's speaking. His voice is out there. Why would God go mute when the voice of the stranger is still speaking? It makes no sense, right? If He's a good shepherd, He leads by His voice. We're going to talk about the importance of the written word. Don't worry, I promise you, I love the word of God. You're going to hear so much of it in this message today because you can't get away from the word of God. Otherwise, you get up into cult land. All right, that's how you end up in heresy, right? When you, when, you, when you strictly say, well, I just go by whatever God says to me. Well, how do you know it's God? We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, so, so this group of people, is, is the, is the, it was a voice of thunder. And, and, <laughs> and so they, 
they hear God speak, but they have no grid for the fact that it could be the Father, and so they just dismiss it as thunder, and they walk away, and their lives are not changed in the least bit, and they have nothing that they can actually think about that the Father would have spoke to them. And you have the second group. These people say, well, no, it was, it was an angel speaking to him. These people heard a voice. They just didn't know whose voice was speaking. I think there's a lot of people that find themselves actually nowadays in this category where you hear voices speaking, but you're not really sure of which voice it is, and you're not sure exactly who's speaking, so you don't want to say it's God. So if it was speaking from heaven and it's not God, then it must be an angel. I think these people are just a picture of people who can actually hear God speak but they don't have the discernment, they don't have the understanding, and they're not listening and they're not yielded to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so in that case, they can't believe that it's God, but they can't deny that they heard something speak, so they write it off as something else besides God. There's a lot of people that say, well, that was just my own thinking. Or that was just what somebody else told me. Well, that was just, I must have just imagined that. There's so many people out there that think that they're imagining things or, or writing off to anything but God. First Kings chapter 19 says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind came, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? See, if Elijah doesn't know the voice of the Lord, then he could be tempted to think that all these things that are going on around him that are loud, that are flashy, are God. The circumstances around him are God. If you real careful... Because God will sometimes speak through circumstances, right? Like He did to Jonah. But Jonah kind of forced Him to. That wasn't His first choice. What was His first choice when He was talking to Jonah? Then the Word of the Lord came to Jonah. It was only when Jonah was disobedient and wouldn't do what God said that God had to use circumstances like being swallowed by a fish to actually direct His path and get Him to do what He wanted Him to do. It was not His first choice. Be real careful if any time a circumstance pops up, you start thinking that it must be God. You face a storm, an earthquake, a fire, a shaking, a violent wind comes and shatters the mountains. You think, well, it must not be God. God must not want me to go out there because if He wanted me to go out there, He wouldn't have an earthquake, a fire, and a violent wind that is tossing apart the stones. If we're just judging by circumstance, not listening for the voice, it's very easy for us to think, God doesn't want me to go out out of this cave. Because there's a stone shattering out there, there's fire out there, and there's earthquakes out there. And what's the very thing that, the, that he does? A small voice comes in Elijah. It doesn't say what it said, but I have an idea. Because the minute he hears the still small voice, he covers his face, and he leaves the cave, and he goes and stands before the Lord. And then hears him speak. I have a feeling what the voice said to him was, Elijah, come out here. Or Elijah, I want to talk to you. But he could have been really tempted if he's not carefully listening for the still small voice. Now think about this. That's a still small voice. Some of these people in this story heard a voice as loud as thunder. And because they have no idea that God would speak, 
thunder. Because <laughs> they have no idea that God would speak. They write it off as it can't be anything else other than thunder because that's the only loud thing in the sky that makes noise. And all it is to them is just another noise. The second group of people, they hear the voice, but because they don't know what His voice sounds like. That's why it's so important we know what His voice sounds like. It's so important that you know what it sounds like when God speaks to you. What it sounds like when God speaks to you through the Spirit within you. Revealing things in the Word through others around you. Through circumstance, if that's what it takes. Through dreams and visions, all the different ways that He speaks. Listen, He spoke through an animal. He spoke through a donkey. Let's not be too quick to write off the ways that God can speak. Those are just the ones that are recorded in the Word. This is not a complete historical thing of everything that God has ever done. Just the things Jesus did would be so much that the libraries wouldn't be able to hold it. I promise you there's plenty of things that God did that aren't recorded in the Bible. There's nothing that he did that would oppose what is recorded in the Bible. Don't hear me say that. But I'm saying every instance of God speaking in every way that he spoke individually to people is probably not recorded. But the ones that are recorded are pretty crazy. And they go all the way from fleeces being left out to donkeys speaking to burning bushes. See, we hear burning bush now and we think, oh, of course, yeah, God speaks to a burning bush. Because you've heard the story, but what about if it was the first time that you encountered a burning bush? See, it's so easy to look at these things because we've read the Bible and we have a grid for it. So you have a grid for a burning bush now. You even have a grid for a donkey. If God spoke to you through a mule, you might be more quick to believe that it's God speaking now because you've read about the fact that once He spoke through one. But what if you didn't have a grid for that? What if you don't have a grid for the way that He wants to speak to you? Do you know His voice? This is something God's been challenging me with. Is Roy, can I speak to you any way that I desire? And do you know my voice and how to discern it's me? Because if not, you might be tempted to stay in a cave when I want you to come out because you look out and you see nothing but stones being split, earthquakes, and fire. And so you make your decision based on what you... based on your circumstance. But I want you to live by every word that proceeds out of my mouth. So the second group of people that are, they listen, they, they kind of hear, but they don't have the discernment to know that it's God. And so they walk away with an experience, but without the lesson that the experience was supposed to impart. They walk away with a story, but without the impact that the story was supposed to make. They heard an angel speak. Well, that's awesome. But it wasn't an angel. And he was actually saying something that would give you a clue if you would wait and you would see my son. Because right after that, Jesus started talking. He said, listen, he didn't say this for my sake. He said it for your sake. Now is the time for judgment on the earth. And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all to myself. What was he saying? He's saying this for your sake so that when you see this thing happen, you'll actually know that it's something that's going to bring my father glory. But because they're not listening, they don't hear the voice, or because they can't discern that it's the Father. They said a voice of an angel. They probably understood the words. They just didn't know who was speaking, so it didn't carry the weight that it should have. You can hear God speak, and yet if you don't understand that it's God, it doesn't carry nearly the weight that it should. It could just be good advice from a friend. 
Come on, you can hear, God can speak to you through somebody. God can speak to you through a proverb, and it could just sound like wise advice. There's many people out there who think the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom. And that's good. But if you don't understand that that wisdom was actually breathed by the Spirit of God, and you don't take it as the Word of God and actually bind that Word to your heart, it doesn't carry the same impact as if it's just the wise sayings of some old king. And so they heard the voice, but it doesn't carry the weight. And then the third group, there was only one recorded, but it's the one who said, follow me. It's the one who said, as the Father sent me into the world, so I also send you. It's the one who said, the things that I do, you'll do in greater things because I go to the Father. So let's not, well, that's Jesus, because that Jesus said, if you're going to, actually it says, as he is, so also are we in this world. Not as he is, so also will we be when we die. Our theology would be so neat and tidy, we could put a bow on it. We wouldn't even need to meet together and dig into the Word. We could just put everything off until heaven, and we could just say, well, we're just doing the best we can. One day, when we die, then all these promises will come true. The problem is there's so much in the Word that pertains to our life here on earth. And obviously, eternal life with Him is amazing. Obviously, that's just like the most amazing thing ever, is that we'll be together forever with the one that we love, with the one that our heart just longs for here on earth, to be with him forever. But in the meantime, there's a whole lot of things that he said about our life here on earth and what it would look like. So before we throw out the, yeah, but that's Jesus, every time that verse, that that voice pops in your head, every time you're tempted to think, yeah, but that's Jesus, remember that that same Jesus said, the things I do, you'll do. And greater things, because I go to the Father. That's a heavy statement. That's a theology wrecker. Come on, that's, that's like, you do, if we believe that, like genuinely believe that, then that means we never have the excuse to say, yeah, but that was Jesus. Because Jesus could, by the Word of God, turn around and look at you and say, and the things I've done, you'll do, and greater things, because I go to the Father. Just get alone with that verse for a little while. I'm serious. Just get alone with that and consume that Word. And start letting that break in on every excuse that pops in my mind. So there's only one person that's recorded that heard the voice of, of God. But fortunately for us, it's the one who said we'd do the things that He did, which also has to include what? hearing the voice of God and knowing it was Him. And not only knowing it was Him, but knowing why He said what He said. See, that's the incredible part to me, is that you can hear God's voice, and not only can you hear it and know it's Him, but you can also know why. You can have understanding because the Spirit of God that's within you. Jesus said, everything that the Father makes known to me, I'll give to you. The Holy Spirit will take what is mine and make it known to you. That means the Spirit of God that's within you has full understanding of what the, uh, the voice of God that's outside of you and sometimes inside of you is saying to you. That's incredible. That's a good word. I can come up with it so I can compliment it. If this is mine, I know we might as well go home, but it's not. So Jesus... I sometimes am, am curious when I hear people say things like, well, I don't have to do X to be a Christian. 
Fill in the blank with your favorite thing that Christians do. You know, go to church, um, fast, give, whatever it is. I don't have to do those things to be, to be saved. As if the goal of life is simply to, to, to do the least we possibly can, yet still be assured that when we die, we're going to go to heaven. Where, where did we even get that from? Like, we're not called to a minimalist gospel. Jesus said fullness. Fullness of life, which means what? It means that he wants your life to be full, not just this minimalistic thing that's like, well, what's the very least that I can do? Okay, if you make a checklist, where's the line that says eternal eternal life? Because everything below that line, I'm not really interested in. Now, the goal is to become like him. The goal is to become like him. It's to walk the, the life that He walked. Jesus said, as the Father sent me into the world, so I also send you. We say that verse a lot around here because it's so true and it answers so many questions we have. And so here's the, here's the point. So if, if Jesus had to do these things to be Jesus, and Jesus as was His habit, His ethos, Greek, which is a, it's a word for habit or pattern of behavior, went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. If Jesus made a habit, an ethos of every week going and gathering at a, at a church, then maybe you don't have to do that to get to heaven. But if he thought that was important and necessary for him to live the life that he lived, and my goal is to try to live a life as close to his as I possibly can, then maybe I should start taking on some of his ethos into my own life. I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. I'm saying it because I love you. Like we're going to have awesome church here whether you come or not. We're going to have a great time on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, and we're going to gather and worship, and we're, you know. But, but well, I'm just saying for your sake, like, if the goal really is to be like him, then maybe the things he made a regular habit of, I should make a regular habit of. And if Jesus made a regular habit of getting up early, going off and being alone with the Father, then maybe I should make a habit of getting up early, going off and being alone with the Father. Because Jesus was always right where he needed to be and always had everything he needed for what God called him to. But he spent a lot of time alone seeking the Father before he found themselves in those, in those situations. If Jesus paid taxes, maybe you should too. It gets real quiet in here when you start talking about money and taxes and stuff like that. I don't like what it goes to. Do you think Jesus liked everything the Roman Empire did with his taxes? Oh, look, some people are turning red. It got real hot in here all of a sudden, didn't it? I'm serious, you guys. Listen, let's be real careful that we're not so smart that we outthink Jesus. Let's not like come up with a new way of living that's better than his. Like, well, Jesus, that's cool for you that you needed to do those things. But, you know, we have this new way. The, the new, new covenant. So Jesus hears God speak. It's clear. He says, I have glorified and I will glorify your na- my name. 
Jesus looks at the crowd and says, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. You realize this, the crazy part about it is this, is that God spoke for the benefit of the people and the people he was speaking to benefit are the very ones who didn't hear him and thought it was thunder. Thank God there was somebody who could hear his voice and tell them what God was saying. I promise you there's a ton of people around you that God's speaking to for their benefit and they're the very ones who can't hear Him. And thank God He put you there to hear His voice and be able to tell them what the Father's saying to them and about them and what the Father has said to them and about them. I promise you. And don't be surprised, especially if you're surrounded by people that have no grid for hearing Him. If you're the only one that hears the Father speaks and the only one that understands what He's saying. That doesn't mean there's a great chance that you're wrong because nobody else heard it. It just means there's a great chance that they weren't listening. Be confident that you hear His voice. Because the crowd missed it so many times. Think about it. The same crowd shouts, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And they lay their coats down so His donkey's feet don't get muddy as it walks through donkey that kid's been been imitating me all yeah hey you want to come up here one day he probably will be i believe that that's awesome no listen (laughs) where was i i'm lost now we help we've gone in the weeds pull up roy pull up i'm just kidding I, i know where i'm at it was the same group of people three days later Crucify him and let his blood be upon us and upon our children. Let Barabbas the murderer go and kill Jesus. And if you go with the crowd, you might find yourself rejoicing and praising God one day and asking God to kill his son the other because you're going along with everybody else around you saying and you're not hearing the voice of the Father because Jesus was speaking the whole time. Just because the crowd doesn't hear it, just because the crowd doesn't understand it, just because the crowd says it's thunder doesn't mean it's not God's voice. And thank God that you're there because you understand that He still speaks. And you can look at them and say, listen, this is what He said. It's for your sake. Come on. The things I do, the things I do, would those things be hearing God's voice? And sharing with people what the Father is saying to them. He didn't say the things I do besides hear my Father and speak on His behalf. And, and, and He wasn't just talking about preaching the Gospel. We, and we make it all about that. And that's awesome. Preaching the Gospel is awesome. And, and, and it is the most amazing thing to see someone born again and see them saved. And I think that's what the greater work is. right? The greater thing is that you can actually see somebody receive the Holy Spirit and be born again a new creation in Christ. Well, we get so wrapped up in talking about the greater things, and that's awesome, but the thing, truth is, is, what about the fact that He said, the things I do, you'll do? Well, He wasn't talking about, how do you know? He didn't make a list and qualify it. The only way He qualified it was to let us know that He was talking about miracles. He said, if you don't believe because of My words, at least believe because of the miracles and then he says right after that and i tell you the truth the things i do you anyone who believes in me he will do and greater things because i go to the father that's pretty cut and dry if you look it up in the greek you know what it means 
If you don't believe me because of the things that I say, believe at least because of the miracles. And I tell you the truth, he that believes in me, the things I do, he'll do, and greater things because I go to the Father. That's what the Greek means. That was a really good word because that was his. (laughs) That's always appropriate. Okay, so so let's say, how much time do we have? Because I really don't want to rush through these. Okay, I won't. That'll, we'll save that for next week. So next week we're going to talk about, so I've moved from the first group, which is just hears noise, has no regard for the fact that he speaks, to the second voice, which is listening, not really sure about who's speaking. And now I feel like I'm moving into the third group, which is I, I think I hear God. I think he's speaking to me. What do I do? How do I know it's him? How can I be sure? What does it mean? We're going to talk about all those things next week. And then the week after that, I think we're going to talk about all the different ways that he speaks because there's so many different ways throughout the Bible that he spoke. But there's a few that were very prevalent, especially in the New Testament. We're going to really focus on those. But there's something I want to do before we go. I'm going to close up with this. When we were singing, and then when Zach got up, I almost got up with him, but I wanted to wait. But when we were singing, there, there's no shadow you won't light up. It reminded me of something we talked about a little bit on Wednesday night. In Genesis chapter 1, verse, verse uh, 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. I was reading that a while, a few weeks ago and I felt like I heard God say, do you know why I said let there be light? Before I did anything. Because his, his spirit was hovering over the surface of the deep. But yeah, he doesn't do anything until he says let there be light. And he said, well, it's because I don't work in darkness. Anytime I want to do something, the first thing I do is bring light. And the purpose of the light is to separate the darkness. It says in the light, separated the darkness. He separated the light from the darkness. He actually separated the two. And I just want to ask if there's anybody in here, listen, if there's anything that's in your life the voice of the accuser comes to you and constantly is reminding you of something that you've done or something that was done to you. Something you've been holding on to. I just feel like it's holding so many people back. Because I know what it's like to have that one thing. Like, I'm free with everything else, but there's that one thing that I just won't tell anybody. I'll never tell another person about. And I'll defend it and I'll hide it at all cost. I know what that feels like and you're dying inside. And you can't 100% live in freedom as long as there's something you're holding in the darkness. Because God can't work in the dark. And before He can work, and before He can remove it, and before He can separate it, He has to bring light to the darkness. And that doesn't mean you've got to stand up here and shout to everybody what you did, but it does mean you have to be honest with Him about it and let Him deal with it and bring it to the light. And let Him shine His light on it. I promise you it's only scary until you do it. And then you'll wonder, why in the world did I wait this long? I promise you. 
you'll wonder, what in the world did I hold on to this? Why did I let the devil have that voice in my life for so long? Because right now he has a voice in your life. Because even when people love you, even when people compliment you, even when people tell you how awesome you are, or any of those things, he's got that little voice in the back of your head that says, yeah, but if they knew. Well, they say that, but... And it's time to shut him up. Because one of the things that confuses us from hearing the voice of God is giving the voice of the enemy of, of uh, our ear a voice in our life. It muddies the water because you've given him a voice. It says, don't give the devil a foothold. That means what? He can't take one in your life, but he'll take every one you give him. And something held in the darkness that the light of God's not shining on is giving him a constant voice into your life. I know, I know for a fact there's people in here. Listen, I'm saying this with a smile on my face. Because the greatest moment of freedom in your life will be when you let that final thing that you've been holding on to in the dark, when you let the light of God shine on that and you let God deal with it and you let Him separate that darkness from the light that's in you. You can do that today. Right now. It's only scary until you do it. So this is what I'm going to ask. Listen, if, it, you, if you don't want to tell anybody what it was, listen, I know there's some things that, you know, it's embarrassing for other people or involves, you know, there's things that you just can't tell everybody all the details. That's okay. But what I am saying is there's, there is such power in not letting that thing stay hidden and actually bringing it to the light and saying, I've been holding on to this and I don't want to carry it anymore and letting the light of God come and separate the light from the darkness. And He'll do it right then. If that's you and I'm talking and you're, going, and you're thinking of that thing in your mind right now, it's never far from your mind because no matter what, it's always like a little dark cloud on every single day, on every single thing that you do. It taints everything because you can't keep one little part of your heart in darkness and think that it doesn't go into other parts of your life. Listen, the devil doesn't need you to open every door and every window in the house. He needs one place to come in and he'll go everywhere that he can. You can shut his voice up and you can shut that foothold that he's had for so long right now by actually letting the light of God deal with it. So if that's you and you want to do that today, we did this Wednesday night. We saw so many people deal with things. If you want to do that right now, just stand up right where you are. Like I said, you're not going to have to tell everybody what it is unless you want to. You don't, I mean, we're definitely not going to hand you a microphone and say, here, broadcast it to everybody. But we're going to ask some people to pray with you. You don't have to tell them what it is if you don't want to. I'd encourage you to share as much as you can because there is so much freedom in saying, like, I'm no longer going to be ashamed of this thing. Thank you for standing up. And saying, I'm not going to be ashamed of this thing anymore. Yeah, thanks for standing up. I promise you there's more than that. Listen, don't leave, yeah, don't leave here with that thing. I promise you. You can deal with it today. You can shut the voice of the accuser. Listen, God said that, that is, he said, is I am the Lord God who will forgive their sins and remember them no more. Meaning from this day forward, when you allow him, he's no longer holding your sin against you. But you're giving the enemy a voice into your life because you're holding your sin against you because you're holding it hidden. The way it stays in darkness is you wrap your hand around it and you hold on to it. You know how the light comes? You open your hand and in doing so, it gets released. The light comes and there's no longer that thing you're holding on to. Come on. Who else? Anybody else want to before we pray with these guys that are standing up? Yeah, I I promise you. (laughs) Come on. Just don't leave here wishing you would have. I promise you, like, God can, God can do it tonight at your home, but I'm just saying, like, right now, like, right now, God can deal with that. 
Um, it, it is, I, I know, I've done it. I've, I've been in your position holding on to something, and I promise you it's only scary until you actually do it. And then you think, why in the world did I let that thing rob me of my peace for this long? Because there's a peace that comes when we stand before God and say, there's nothing I'm holding on to. There's nothing hidden. The enemy has no part in me. That's what Jesus said. You can say that too. The devil has no part in me. Anybody else? Okay. I'm, I keep asking because I just feel like there's maybe a few more people. And I don't want, yeah, there you go. I don't want you to miss your opportunity. I really don't. Not that you can't do it some other time, but man, why not do it now? <laughs> why not do it now? You're surrounded by a bunch of people that would love to see you walk in freedom. Nobody's looking at you wondering what you did. Everybody's looking at you going, yes, they're going to get free today. It's the truth. Everyone's been there. Everyone. All right, so here's what we're going to do, church. We're going to, the Bible calls the laying on of hands just a foundation, a, a simple foundation of the, of the faith. So we're going to lay hands on these people. And listen, when people gather around you to pray for you, if you want to share with them what you've been battling with, you know, as vaguely or as much as you want to, go for it. But the, but the important thing is, is that you bring it before God and you say, God, I'm, I'm no longer going to hide this thing. I'm no longer, I ask you to forgive me. God, I'm, I'm, I'm opening my hands and I'm showing you, look it, I'm not holding on to this anymore. God, I want freedom from this thing. I want to shut the voice of the enemy up. I don't want to hear him yapping in my ear anymore. I don't want to give him a foothold. Not one more day. Not one more night's sleep. Not one more minute of peace robbed. So just look around, church. Find somebody standing up. We're going to lay hands on them. Just, you can just ask them. Say, is there anything you want to share? If they do, cool. If they don't, that's okay too. But we're all going to pray together. Uh, I want to just ask one more thing if there's anyone here and you'd say like man all that sounds good but i've never even actually made him my lord made him my savior the bible says that you believe with your heart you confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord that he died on a cross for your sins and that you're saved delivered set free if there's anybody that'd like to do that before you leave we don't want anyone to leave here without knowing that you're in right relationship with the Father, that you're living under the Lordship of Jesus, that you've received everything that He died on a cross and bled for you to have. If there's anybody that would like that, you just stand and raise your hand up where you are and we'll we'll pray with you too before we leave. Is there anybody that wants to to pray that prayer today? Is Is there anyone? Yeah. All right. Awesome. So we're all born again. So Father, we just thank You for what You're doing right now in people's lives. I thank You for freedom coming, God. For light being shined on areas that maybe have been dark for years, God. We thank You that the voice of the enemy has no place in their ear, no place in their life, God. We ask that You'd silence the voice of the accuser that would come and try to bring things up. That would try to keep people in shame. That would try to keep people living hidden and closed off, God. Would You just bring freedom where there's been shame? Bring the revelation of grace wherever there's been condemnation, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.